Hello, my friends. How you doing? This is Aaron Maurer. Welcome to another episode of Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. This is episode 105, where I get to speak with one of the most phenomenal educators, not just in my area, but I think in STEM period. And so we're going to be speaking with Terry Smith, who was a guest on this show back in episode 65. And I'll have a link in the show notes. And this is one of the most popular episodes we've had. Many of you love the episode because of the pictures and the video, how she organizes her learning space, how she handles handles six different preps, how she does STEM and computer science and robotics, and just how do you make it all work. And so if you haven't seen and listened to that podcast, you need to go back and check this one out. And this episode is going to continue on. This is a year later. Terry is moving on, moving forward, remixing, relearning, all the things that we want in our kids. And she's going to be sharing some of the updates to her classroom, new learning and insights. Just another wonderful educator voice that we need to help ourselves remind ourselves, really, that what we're doing is important. It matters. And we don't have to know all the answers. Every day is a new opportunity to learn. And with that, with this podcast, like the last couple episodes, one, if you like the episode, please share and review and, and, and put it on social media. Let people know. And, and I've added a new function here. I've been using Flipgrid. So we have a back channel for us to share our learning. So when you're done listening to the podcast, the Flipgrid channel, it's in the show notes. Make sure you jump on there. Let us know what you think. Share the takeaways. Let, let, let Terry know what you thought of the episode. What are follow-up questions? What are other ideas that you have that we can all benefit from? So the goal here is to create this collaborative conversation so it's not just listening to the show but interacting. All right, my friends. Let's enjoy episode 105. Woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning, chilling with coffee mugs, me and coffee chugs. Talking education all across the nation, pushing boundaries, thinking innovation. Aaron Mauer, outside the box thinker, here to teach each and every teacher how to tinker. Living on the edge of chaos, born insane. Listening to coffee chugs like caffeine for the boring. One of the top teachers in Iowa, word is born. Here to show the world that there's more here than corn. Chaos. Hello, everyone. How you doing? This is Coffee Chug Bucks here with another episode on Living on the Edge of Chaos podcast. And I'm so excited to have a returning guest to the show. This is um, someone that many of you have found great value in in the previous episode. And uh, I'm, I'm speaking about uh, Terry Smith, and I'll make sure she gets a chance to reintroduce herself here for those that maybe are, are new to the show and, and coming across these resources. But Terry was uh, instrumental for a lot of you in a year ago, it was September of last year, actually, where she shared tons of pictures of her learning space. She talked about how she struggled, or not stru- structured, not struggled, uh, structured, you know, all her preps and classes around STEM and coding and computer science and everything else in between. Uh, and so I wanted to bring her back because I want people to see that uh, she's still continuing to learn and she has had some amazing opportunities um, that's developed since then. And so I wanted to bring her back so she could share about those things um, and just for all of us to have a, a great reminder. Um, that it, you know, we're, we need to constantly be learning, and uh, and she's doing phenomenal stuff a year ago, and I, I can't wait to hear the stuff that she's got in place for this upcoming year. So, um, before I get ahead of myself, I'm already doing that. Terry, why don't you um, introduce yourself, who you are, what you do for those that uh, maybe haven't listened to the podcast before, and just to kind of set the stage for uh, our conversation we're about to have. 
Okay, awesome. And struggling is still there, and it's not just structure. Um, my name is Perry Smith. Um, this is my 17th year teaching. This is my. This will be my fifth year teaching STEM, though. Um, before I was an elementary art teacher, and so now I am seven, eight middle school STEM. Um, within my STEM classes, I do a robotics class. I do two engineering classes. I do a basic drafting. And then um, two computer science classes. So kind of have a lot going on, but it's amazing what the kids have done with it and how well they handle everything. And I started with three classes that I don't teach at all anymore. And now I've changed them within these four going into my fifth year into something that's amazing. And the kids love coming to see me every day. Yeah, so maybe we start with that. So, I mean... One, we should probably put the caveat there that you have an amazing administration and, and yeah. your, your school district, the, yes. the amount of support that not just you, but your whole staff has is phenomenal. Um, and I just do the work that I've been able to do with your school district. But you've been able to adjust the courses that you teach and be able to tweak, you know, some of the things and the structures of how things have gone. And so um, how did you pivot and make those changes because I think it's it's that I think that's something that's really fascinating for a lot of people is we, we dive in, we think this is what we have to have, you know, STEM one or computer science one or whatever the labels might be. And then we think like that's the funnel we're stuck in. And I think sometimes like it's it's really hard to like all of a sudden we realize that in our learning journey there's so much more we could be doing and if only we could change up the course. And you've been able to do that. So how did you kind of go through that process of going, okay, this is or isn't working or we need to update this? Because I think that that's really fascinating for a lot of people that, you know, might be at those crossroads. Um, yeah. So the first year that I um, started this position, there were three classes and it was kind of an industrial tech part to start with. And so they had a couple different things going on. Um, and when I got hired, they said, well, these are the three you'll have this year. They're like, you know, and then we can work with whatever you think for the following years. And so again, our administrators are amazing. They, they let me do a lot in my room and they're always supportive and they always try to figure out how, how it can work and how we can get it going and what, what things we need in order to get this going. Um, and so anyways, so it started out with three classes and I didn't really like any of them. The kids didn't really respond to any of them. I just, I was new to the position. So I just kind of did what the last teacher kind of had left around in the room. Um, and really I did not know what I was doing to be completely honest. Like I, um, was just like, yep, yep. This is what we're going to do. Cause I just assumed it worked for the last teacher, but you know, listening to the kids talk that first year, it didn't work for the last teacher either. It was just kind of what he did. Um, and so then I started listening to the kids, what they wanted, what they liked, what they didn't like. Um, and I was just kind of able to talk to my administrators and I had, um, just, uh, you know, just like, okay, this isn't working. So we need to change these. And so in the second semester within one of my classes that I had, I pretty much changed it and started doing more engineering activities and the students loved it. And so then that was the kids were talking about it within the other classes and the other teachers were talking about it to me and things like that. And so it just kind of snowballed from there, I guess. Um, and so we, we changed it the second year I changed it to, so that way I had some engineering classes. Um, kind of robotics class kind of, um, 
but again, we were, um, it just, it wasn't set and none of the kids loved that. They loved the engineering classes, but the rest were kind of up in the air still. And so we, I just kind of kept changing it and changing it until I can honestly say now I really like my classes. It took four years in order for me to kind of get the groove going. Um, I'll change some of it up this year, of course. Um, but I, I like the classes and the content we do and I just changing the content now. I mean, so it was, I had one thing I thought I liked, but then, you know, the kids and I would talk and it, it didn't work for them. It didn't work for me. It wasn't the way I really liked teaching it. It wasn't what the kids really needed. And so, I mean, I was just very open and honest with the kids and the kids were very, op very open. They're middle school, <laughs> yeah. very open and honest with what they liked and what they didn't like. And so, yeah, like, Again, my administrators were amazing. They let me kind of take the control. I got to go. I took tons of Aaron workshops, and so that helped me out. Um, they let me go all over the place. Like I, you know, I was able to write grants and then go to training for the grants. Um, I was able to um, just. I was really able to branch out and kind of take everything. I got a little bit of everything and then kind of narrowed it down to what I liked and what I thought the kids would excel at and what they would appreciate doing. Yeah. And I think you hit upon a couple things that I think are really, really important. I mean, one, the idea, I mean, you had the support to do it, but you were willing to go out there and kind of just dab your toe in lots of different ponds, right? And kind of be yeah. like, oh, you know, let's learn about this. Let's learn about this. And, and constantly trying just to build up your own knowledge base to see what works and what doesn't. And I think that's something that's really important for all of us to do because, you know, under the brand of STEM, it's it's the great buzzword right now. And so there's right. so much under there. It's but so it's hard to get started, you know? Um, yeah. And so just diving in to seeing kind of what works and what doesn't. And the other thing that I think that's crucial for us is sometimes we, we overlook, and I don't think it's always intentional. I think it's just time gets in the way and we feel like we, we always got to be moving on is I think constantly getting that feedback from students. And obviously mm -hmm. I worked in middle, you work in middle, so we know those kids are going to shoot it to you straight. But having those conditions in your space where they can give you that honest feedback and then being able to view that as it's not that Mr. Mauer's a bad teacher. It's just that the stuff isn't working. And I think that sometimes can be a, a really hard thing for some of us to do. We get that feedback and go, no, this isn't working. And it's like, oh, they don't like me. Well, no, it's not always you. It's just we might be delivering the, the, the content in a way that isn't connecting with kids. And so, you know, I think those are two things as you're talking, like that's so important for us. Um, because a lot of kids don't have confidence in these fields. Um, right. And so I think that's something that I think is – um, people forget about. I think we see STEM, we hear coding and robots and hands-on learning. You're like, kids are just going to love this. And a lot of them are very timid in it because they haven't had much yep. experience and they don't view themselves that way. And so I think, you know, being able to have those conditions where they can give that feedback is, is, is really vital. Yeah. It for sure takes a lot of cheerleading too. Like, just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah, you guys, you know, and in your mind you're like, "Ooh, I don't think that's going to really work," but you just let them go and yeah. they figure it out and they'll get something to work. So it is a lot of setting the um your environment so that way the kids can feel open and honest with you, but also, you know, you're there to cheer them on and to help them out as needed, um but yet let them kind of discover everything on their own. It's it's a fine line there to, you know, ruin the 
aha moments for them while you're cheerleading for them as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you do a lot of biting your tongue while trying to give a high five at the same time. Like, yep. yeah, go for it. I, I know where you're going to be here in about 25 minutes, but you go right. for it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, so the other thing too, cause I know that we, we, we think about adjustments and I know that, um, you, you, you were using some code.org training, um, and, and using their, their curriculum and their platforms. And a lot of people are using that and it's a great starting off point, um, yep. because it provides you everything you need, even if you as the educator, maybe don't feel super equipped to teach computer science or coding or, you know, those types of things mm-hmm. that, that, that it provides. Um, but you've been able to, you've worked with that now, I know, um, for a couple of years. Yep. And I think you're, you're to the point where I think a lot of people now are starting to get to in terms of how do we begin to supplement it? It's not that code.org is bad. Uh, that's not my point in, in right. this, this question, but we, we also start to realize like kids need something else. And I think yeah. as, as more schools are using code.org for more grade levels, you know, I think the first year it's exciting. I always joke. It's like ST math. Like, you know, the first, my kids first get exposed to ST math in elementary school. They think it's the bee's knees. And then yep. by like upper elementary, they're just like, Oh, you know, like it's not that it's a bad program. It's just that kids need something new all the time. And so um, how have you been able to adjust and and maybe not adjust in the right way, but how have you been able to supplement some of your code.org curriculum and things that you use um, as, as I know that you've kind of hit those roadblocks from time to time. Um, Now you've had a couple of years on your belt to get comfortable with it. And now you're, you, you know, because I think there's a lot of people are trying to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And so, so it is true. And now I think our elementary teachers are starting to use code.org too. So the kids are coming up and again, the first year it was cool and they're on their computers all the time. And anymore, that's almost the kids are like, Oh, I'm on my computer all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and so just trying to figure out something new and exciting. So, um, we've got through different grants that I've wrote, we've got some hummingbird kits, a, a classroom set, um, we've got some, uh, micro bits, we have, um, makey makeys. And so now we're able to, after they kind of get the basic and some knowledge behind it, then they're able to create things with it. So they're not just sitting on the computer and coding. They're, um, having a discussion, a discussion with their friends on how to, you know, like, um, how to make something move or, Oh, I have a robot now and I want the arms to move. And so now they're, they're collaborating more and that just happened. I mean, that was a added bonus cause I didn't even think about like that. Like one kid was asking another kid how to do something and the other kid was like, Oh, let me show you, you know? And so they kind of helped each other out. And so I just stayed out of the picture and it was perfect. Um, so I've been able to get just a lot of different, technologies that the kids can make different things with and so it's it's building it's making it's creative it's thinking outside the box using the things that they talked about in code.org um just you know changing it up a little bit so using a different platform for it things like that just to kind of break up the you know always on your computer always doing the sprites with code.org, you know, so, and again, code.org is amazing. It was great that first year when I really was just like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, I don't know how to structure this. I don't even know what to teach next. So it was amazing. And I still love the, the framework for, and I just, now I just kind of throw things in that I can throw in of the other, the other tools and platforms that I have. 
Yeah, and I think that's, you know, as you, as we think about that too, try to figure out that supplement, it's not that you discard code.org completely. Right. And I think I always try to tell people like, you we're still using it, but now sometimes we just have to, we put a, a, a fresh breath of air on the things because kids, you can still be teaching exactly what code.org wants, but you introduce a new material, you know, the makey yep. makey or a micro bit or whatever it is that you have available and they uh -huh. think it's something incredibly new and really it's, it's the same thing that you would have taught within the framework of code.org and that yep. way you can bounce right back into the framework you know when yeah. you need it um and so i think that, that that's really important you know it's it's look for those entry points in in, in the end um you know i always joke with a lot of people like it's it's common sense but once again it's overwhelming you're thinking like right. oh i have to do code.org i went to this training therefore it has to be all this and i now it's right. like you can supplement and still bounce yourself right back in yep. and you're fine um yeah and so I also know, like, in, in kind of your own professional journey as well, um, just one of the things that, I, that I've noticed that you've been able to do, and I'm, I'm so excited to see, is you've been able to start to um, share your journey in terms of, like, of your classroom or things that are happening oh. on, on social media. Um, and, I, I, and I love it, and I know you've been to some of my workshops. I'm always trying to preach to people, right. document your story, share your story. Like it'll, it'll help when you need yeah. to write grants and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, and so, um, when I started to see your classroom show up on the Facebook pages and stuff. And so the question that always comes up that I think halts a lot of people is like the lack of time, you know? Yeah. Um, and so how have you been able to squeeze those moments in? Because it's, it's not that it takes ungodly amount of hours but it's one more thing right. on a teacher's plate and teachers can't afford any more things on their plate or they work they're going to completely crash and burn um yeah. but you found a way so i i wanted to ask that because you are you are teaching eighty-seven thousand preps <laughs> and you're doing yeah. all these things and so i know that you don't have a lot of free time and you're coaching and doing everything else so how have you been able to kind of find those moments to share because so many people I think are, are the right there to do it and they just haven't taken the, the, the yeah. plunge, but you've been able to do it. Yeah. So, and yeah, you said, you know, you say all the time, Oh, get your stuff out there. And I was like, Oh yeah, sure. Nice. <laughs> when I find the time. Great job. And so what actually got me to do it was you brought, um, the people in from Cedar Falls, maybe. Oh yeah. Okay, so you brought people in to tour my room to see one day, and one of them was like, oh, you need to get this out there. So not not that it wasn't coming from you, but no, right. coming from someone else because you're, you're in it, and you do an amazing job at getting yourself out there and things like that. But coming from someone else telling, someone else telling me, like, oh, this is great work. Yeah. You know, someone you, who doesn't even know you. Well, you're I mean, great. You're yeah, great yeah. I mean, so they were strangers to you, right? Like, I mean, that you know? like is it was a key point. Like, here are these people that they don't know Terry right. Smith at all. They just right. like this guy's just taking me to her. This someone teacher's space, and right. yeah, I remember that they were in love with with what she had going on. Yeah, and so that's the thing that I was like, okay, like I can do this. Like, and I I do it on Facebook because that's the the one I'm most comfortable with. I have a Twitter account, but I really don't use it. I that's one of my goals. I'm hoping to kind of get it out there a little bit more, but I chose Facebook because I knew how to use it. I knew how to upload pictures cause I do it with my kids, things like that. Um, and so, yeah, so I took, you know, it took an hour or two to set up a, just an account, like a group account. But then again, I had to have other, I wanted other people to read it to make sure it sounded good. I didn't want to just throw it out there and then it bomb. And so, um, 
So that's kind of what I did. It didn't, I mean, like I said, it took an hour, but that was me sharing it out to one of my friends to make sure it sounded good, waiting to hear back um, that for the paragraph that I wrote and things like that, finding the picture I wanted to make it look special, um, all that stuff, you know. And then once it got out there, I had some, just some pictures I had because I took, I have like a wall of, uh, a wall of fame. So when we do like engineering challenges, whichever group wins, I always take their picture and print it off and put it up on the wall. And so I had just some pictures anyway. So, um, once I kind of got it up and going, I threw some pictures on there and I just started inviting, inviting my friends that had kids in my class or had, will have kids just, it was just my friends that started out. And so I just threw it out there. Tons of people accepted the offer and then it just, kind of went from there like community members started that you know that I have their kids but I didn't know how to get a hold of them things like that um community members our schools started sharing my stuff out and so I mean it just snowballed and there's tons of people now that are um on the page that can see all of it all the time um and so once I got it going it's it's fairly easy as long as I remember to do it like I'll forget (laughs) sometimes like you know, just, and I have these pictures on my phone and then I'm like, Oh shoot. You know? And so really taking the pictures, it didn't take any more time taking the videos. It didn't, it's just remembering to do it when the kids are testing their projects or doing the activities. Just, it's more me remembering to, Hey, take pictures. Cause this would look great on Facebook, right. you know? Um, and so that doesn't take any, any more time. It does take, you know, a couple minutes to upload it, but I can do it on my phone. And so it's not, it's not like I have to upload it to my computer to do it. You know, I just do everything on my phone and it's, it's fairly quick and easy as long as I remember to take the pictures and the videos and things like that. So, yeah. And I mean, that's, I think, you know, you're that, that there is perfect before so many people like you just make it work, what works for you, you know? And so it doesn't mean you have to be on every single channel, every single platform 24 seven, you know, and Facebook is a great place for community and for parents because that's where they're all hanging out at anyways. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. and and people love to see kids doing this work and it, you know, one of the big things is it helps to spread the message like, Oh man, there are really some kids are doing amazing things when given these opportunities. And the best way to do that is through pictures and, and video it's not always this written word or you know um you know word of mouth is always great but when they can actually see what kids are doing man it's it's really really hard to argue and so i think that's it's so good for you know for so many people that are trying to figure that out you know and then down the road you don't share just to get back but it's just to share the message but down the road when you do need to write grants or you do need to apply to some programs you've got this story that that's right that facebook in this case it does a really great job of naturally kind of curating things for us you know it's yeah. um you know we we use a lot of that in our own personal lives and so it's like the system can work in that that platform as well so yeah um yeah. and um, it's always great to hear cheers at the end when some kid <laughs> yeah. hits or whatever it is so yeah awesome. i've had really good feedback so far from everything nothing negative at all you know and you know I I checked with our school you know like the kids who can't have pictures I don't put them up there obviously but besides that like it's the parents never cared they never said anything I try to tag the parents when I can um just so that way they can see it too so so yeah yeah, I love it. And 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 maybe to bounce or to build off of that, um, 
not that it was as a result of the Facebook group, but I think it all kind of feeds into this. You continue to expand your, your horizons and constantly push yourself in new directions. You were part of a sound looked like from the stuff I was able to see on, on Facebook on both your page, uh -huh. as well as uh, the university of Iowa, you were part of a, oh, of a yep. pretty amazing uh, program, the, the feminine pro program. Um, yep. And so I would, I want to bring that to light because this, this is something that I think, even if you don't live in Iowa, these are some pl programs and platforms that need to start to be developed. And so yeah. could you talk a little bit about that? I mean, I saw some pictures that look absolutely incredible um, yeah. because I think it was a great, looked like a, like just a phenomenal learning opportunity for you and for everybody else involved. Yeah. So what that program is, it's just trying to get more females involved in engineering. Uh, so it started in Cal Poly in California. Um, and then it's kind of grown from there. There's a few schools in California that offer it, it now to teachers. Um, and then the University of Iowa is the first other one. So they, you know, contacted Cal Poly, they said, and, you know, got this program going for the Midwest. And so this year um, I was the, the adopt the school program winner. And so that, you know, I got a week's worth of training um, I got materials, I got tools, I got, uh, robots, I got, um, supplies to use within it. And it, they have a curriculum laid out for you. Um, and how we're, how I'm going to run it is I'm going to run it through what we have. We have something called quest. So it's a time that every single kid has, um, kind of a study hall type thing. And then teachers can pull kids in and out as they need help with. And then, um, there's also, we also offer like enrichments. And so this is going to be one of the enrichments the kids can choose to do. Um, and then, so it's just kind of getting more females interested in engineering. Um, they, there was tons of statistics and it's an amazing difference between men and women in the engineering field. Um, so it's just trying to, you know, help females figure out, Hey, this stuff's cool. Like, you know, it's not just sitting at a desk or, you know, it is helping, the uh, helping, it, it can be whatever you want it to be really. Yeah. And so, um, so just getting out there and getting females to see what engineering is. And with this, Iowa, uh, the university of Iowa does a summit at the end. And so they invite the schools that are part of this and then they kind of showcase it. So they have a tour of the, of the university of Iowa. They have, tour of the engineering um department they have speakers and a panel that the kids can ask questions about um and then throughout the year they'll have engineering students and people that are in their masters um are in their graduate talk to us so we'll skype with them so if the kids have any questions they can ask so just kind of to get you know what is engineering to get those kids to realize what it is and it and what they can do with that type of degree. Yeah. And I think it's really probably just opening people's <laughs> eyes to just realizing that, I mean, it, it's, it is in every facet of our life. And I think that's right. the biggest thing, um, you know, as we try to make sure that everyone can, can see themselves through this lens, um, you know, that it's not just, you know, 
bunch of, I guess, really me, middle-aged white guys, right? <laughs> like, I mean, there's, it, there's, there's, we need so much more than that, and the opportunities are there, and whatever your interests or passions are in life, there is an engineering slash STEM slash computer science component that goes into all of right. it. You know, I was just having that conversation with my my uh, son and daughter who are not interested in this field at all, but, like, my son loves football, and I'm like, man, you could go into a whole career on, like, the sensors and the impact. I mean, the amount of data being collected, you know, and like there's just so many opportunities, whether it's through sports or social good, um, that we need more and more more ideas and voices um, in these fields um, to, you know, to really try to find these next solutions to problems. Yep. Yep, for sure. So. So, yeah, that was an amazing program, you know, and then not only did we meet some of the engineering, but I met a lot of just great ideas of you know, how it worked for them, what didn't work for them, how to change it up to make it work, you know, and so it was, it was a really good training. Um, so yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I love it. I was it. excited. Yeah. Yep. And so as, as we kind of wrap this up, be respectful of your time. Cause I know, um, you're going to, you need to enjoy every free moment you have before the, or go the whirlwind of, of, of middle school students begins and all that good stuff. But yeah. as we wrap it up, are, are there any, so, so people listening in that are either, you know, at your level or getting started or things like that. Um, I always like to ask advice or tips, or are there any sort of things that even that you're excited about using this year that, that maybe is new um, just to kind of trigger some, some new thoughts or ideas for people. Yeah. So one of the most exciting things is I, I received a grant $10,000 to get a laser cutter. I'm so excited. I haven't gotten it yet. So I should be getting it here shortly. Um, And so I'm super excited to use that. I, I mean, that's yeah i'm excited yeah. are you getting a, what are you getting a glowforge or what are you getting yep i am oh, yep and so man. so yeah so i got the the cut the laser cutter and then there was uh money left over that i'm going to be able to get different materials and things like that to use so so i'm super excited for that i think the kids are going to love it it's gonna change, not, it changes everything it, it changes <laughs> it changes everything i yeah oh man oh. I so can't. i'm pumped about that so i, I just i found out in um end of July that I won the, re- I received the grant. And so I'm pumped. And so awesome. now I've been talking to the, these guys to figure everything out. I get a pr- get presented a big check and everything. <laughs> so it's amazing. Then check's going to go somewhere in my room. But, yeah. So, yeah. So I'm super excited about that. That's probably one of the most exciting things that I've had this year, this summer. Um, and so just a couple tips, you know, just, um, don't be, you know, it's going to change your, your classroom is going to change your schedule, the way you teach, it's going to change. Do you think, you know, just be open to that, I guess. And just know that, you know, it's going to change for the better. You're going to learn along the way and it's going to make your teaching better, but it's also going to make the kids' learning better. So yeah. just don't be afraid of the change. Cause it's gone. It's going to happen. I mean, STEM is ever changing. And so so your teaching is kind of ever changing too, um, and it can be little changes. It doesn't have to be something ginormous either. You know, maybe it's just one little lesson that will end up changing the the first year um, from something you thought was amazing to something even more amazing. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is find a friend that likes to help you write grants. <laughs> I'm not a very good writer. I it is the worst thing for me in the whole entire world. So I have found two, two people that 
like to read my grants and they're and they're excited for me when I win one. So so yeah, so they they help me a lot because again, I am I'm not a writer, so find a friend that enjoys reading your writing and write grants, you know. I that's how I won the laser cutter, that's how I got the the FEMA near thing. That's how I've gotten almost all the robots that I have within my classroom is writing grants, you know. So so yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that 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 you do so well is you're constantly anytime there's an opportunity, you're taking an opportunity to yeah. um, explore those paths. And I know so many people are like look always looking for funding and materials, and it's you know the grant money is out there. This is this yeah. is the time to to go for it. And um, you know, grant writing could be its own own podcast on itself. But you know, for those right. that are looking for it, like you have you have to do it. You know, but once you yeah. kind of get one or two grants kind of figured out they they all tend to kind of follow the same system so yeah. you're, you're not reinventing the wheel every grant but that's what's been so phenomenal about 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 you and your work is you I mean you're you're always putting yourself out there trying new things and i think that's the the biggest thing for for anybody whether you're in stem or not as an educator is just to constantly be taking our stuff to, to that next level and uh, i can't wait to see what you do with that laser yeah. cutter i, I, I missed the laser cutter i had when we were at middle school i remember we got we got the grant for one and we had it for one year and uh you know and then then life changes uh routes for us and i was like god this right. thing is just it's magical yeah i was so excited <laughs> like, oh. that, was, that was like when i got this i was at my mom's and i was like oh my gosh i just got one and she was like what like all you know like what what do you mean and so i was super pumped i love so, it i love so, it yeah um so. another thing i guess would be like finding workshops you know what I, like so i have this hummingbird well how do i use it how can i use it and i don't have time to look up 20 zillion videos you know so find find a workshop somehow some way um you know like i just received a, a grant from a scale up thing and now I got um, some hummingbird bits, which are a little bit different than hummingbird, the original ones that I have. And so, you know, so big, find a find a workshop to to figure things out. It, that's easy when you're with four or five or six other people and you're all struggling. You know, you can bounce ideas off of people. I, I think that's amazing. Um, one thing that I am trying this year, and it's because of your workshops, Erin, is I talk to our ELA teacher, and um, when they do um, like a choice, like you know, like oh, here's all your choices you can you can do to um, show me that you know the standard. Um, there, she's going to put me on the choice too, mm. so they can come, and then we can bounce. The student and I can bounce ideas off of each other, and oh, here's you know, a hummingbird kit you could use or a makey makey or um, I have a green screen or, you know, like how can we figure out how to, how you can show the standard that you know what the standard means and that you've mastered it using something different. And yes. so I'm hoping that that kind of, and so instead of just STEM being my class, I want it to be school-wide, I guess. Um, and so I'm hoping kind of doing something like that you know, having the kids not just going, like having a good conversation with the kids and being figuring out what they want to use to create their their um, piece of evidence that they can figure out what the standard is. You know, I'm re I'm excited about that too. Just kind of getting STEM out there more, and it's not just with a standalone class. It's 
you can use my stuff anytime you want within this school. With when you're in this school, use my stuff. Right. So I'm hoping that that gets it a little bit more out there. I love it, and I think that's one of the big things that you know as people continue down down these routes of trying to figure out how to infuse this into the school day. It's it's really we have to start to blend it all because we all have the yeah. same goals, no matter what subjects we see we teach. And now it's how do we blend it all together to create these powerful learning opportunities. Um, so that's a, a phenomenal way to kind of start to weave in, especially literacy um, and and anything in STEM. I mean, STEM at the end of the day is 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 literacy. I mean, there's right. you know whatever word you know if we're writing code i always tell people that that's writing like you're you're right. writing you're writing stories uh that yeah. solve problems i mean it's just might be in a little different format but it's right. essentially the same so there's there's so much crossover and it's just more um you know it's, it's more people like you having that voice to get out there and start to, to to build those bridges because a lot of people just this is not their wheelhouse um, right you know and so we have to help be the forefront of those voices and go hey we can do this stuff together right. and it can yeah. be, be pretty magical for the kids yeah, and, and that was just, you know, I thought of that idea sitting somewhere this summer, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that would be so easy. But now two years ago, I don't know if I would have thought, oh, that would have been so easy. You know, I think that's just where I'm at now is like, okay, so I'm really comfortable doing all of this stuff, so how can I get it out there more, you know? So I mean, so I think that, again, is just some of my growth that's happened within these last three or four years um, and just some of my knowledge is better now, you know, and I'm more apt to take risk with the kids and things like that. So, yeah, I absolutely love it. Terry, this has been, been phenomenal. And I know this is going to lead to lots of food for thought and questions and ideas for anyone listening in. Um, and so I'll make sure we get all the links in the show notes to the previous episode for those who want to check that out. Um, and I'll also get a link to the, the Facebook group, but there other ways that people want to reach out to you, what's the best place uh, for them to uh, track you down and, and, and learn from you? Um, email is the easiest. So um, school email, I check that all the time. Um, so you go ahead and throw that on yep. there too if you can, Aaron. And then, yeah, if you want to join that Facebook page, if, if you have that on the list, go for it. I do post a lot, not right now, but once school gets started, you know, I'll try to do it as often as I can and stuff like that. So you see a lot of my projects through there, um, you know, just what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Terry, I can't thank you enough for time. I know it's a, a crazy time of year for anyone that's getting ready to face off with all the kids and ready to ooze yeah. through, the, through the classroom door. So this has been a phenomenal conversation. And uh, thank you again so much for uh, sharing all your wisdom and, and sharing your journey because I think it's uh, the more we can share our journeys, the more we realize we're all in this together and, uh, you know, we're not alone, which sometimes right. we, we can feel that way. So thank you so yep, much. For for, sure. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Aaron.